and welcome to Coffee and Prayer. I'm Pastor Andrew F. Carter. It is 5.30 a.m. here in Inglewood, California. As you guys are tuning in, please let me know where you are and what time it is. Happy Friday, people. What is up? What is up? I got some tea with lemon water. Woo! Man, that last couple drinks is harsh. And then I got my coffee. This is a worldwide ministry. Yes, my brother Gonzo, come let us magnify the Lord. We got people here from Miami, Dallas. Oh, Dallas, Georgia. Okay. I like to see it. Brother Fred. Coach Billy. Yes. She knows from the Potter House days when I first gave my life to Jesus a decade ago. That's what's up. Pennsylvania, Miami, Fresno, Arizona. Yes, yes, yes. Germany's in the house. So check it out. This is a worldwide ministry, you guys. We have been gathering here, what, 98 days in a row. You can call this a Bible study. You can call this church. All I know is that we are here for Jesus. Around the world, brothers and sisters in Christ, we are gathering together to hear the word of God. Now, again, listen, uh, let me see. This is not me reading to you. Amen. I am not reading this to you. We are reading one chapter from the New Testament, one chapter from the Old Testament. You are reading it on your own. So far, we have worked through the gospel, Matthew, Mark, Luke, John. Here we are in the book of Acts, and I am excited. I don't know about you guys, but Holy Spirit has been on me tough uh, with just the acts of the early apostles, the early church. It's inspiring. It's motivating. It's encouraging. It's um, It's got me fired up, man. I don't know about you guys. Cartersville, Georgia. India. I love it. I absolutely love it. Um, So check it. We're going to jump into Acts chapter 5. Some people read before, some people read after, some people read during. Find what works for you. And if you guys want to go ahead, if you want to, I'm not going to be mad if you guys are reading your Bible. If you read ahead or you, you add in a little bit of scripture here and there, you guys go for it. Like that is the whole goal of this is I want, I'm leading by example. I'm trying to show up and show out and say, Hey, we can get up every day and make it a routine. I don't know how many of you guys have been here since day one, right? If you guys can't make it live, you can always check out the replay, the replay they're posted in my bio. You can, you can go through all of Matthew, Mark, Luke, John. It's completely up to you, but it's a beautiful thing. So listen in Acts chapter, chapter five. Okay. Just a a very quick recap, okay? A very quick recap. We witnessed the the apostles, right? Luke is writing Acts. He shows up, chapter one, he kind of bridges that gap between um, the end of Luke and here we see him in Luke, or in Acts chapter one, where Jesus ascends to heaven. Acts chapter two, uh, you know, you see the, the, the Holy Spirit coming down 120 people end up becoming 5,000 people. The church is growing. They're coming together. Uh, in, in chapter four, yeah, they 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 jump up to 5,000 people. It's it's just an amazing amazing feat of what they are accomplishing with the power and the boldness of the Holy Spirit. Um, put your foot in your mouth, Peter is now preaching with boldness and authority. He's, he's showing up and he's, uh, he's filled with, I mean, the Holy Spirit, the way that he's preaching, the authority that he has, it's, it's beautiful. So in, in Acts chapter five, what we see 
Ananias and Sapphira, uh, a couple from the church, they sell some land. And what they decide, you know, because at this point, people are selling land, they're getting rid of their possessions, and they're giving everything to the church, right? They're donating. What we're seeing is this unity. We're seeing community. People are coming together. Nobody wants for anything. Everybody's needs are taken care of. Um, every, you know, it's not my money. It's not my land. I'm selling it. We're putting it in the pot. Everybody's eating. Everybody's taken care of. We are a, we are what the church was designed to be. It's beautiful. It's beautiful. But here, Ananias and Sapphira, they sell their land for some money, and he decides that he's going to keep a little bit of money back, right? I don't, I'm going to give you guys, you know, 80%, but I'm going to keep 20 for myself. I'm going to hold a little bit back. And so when he goes in and gives them the money, Peter says, Ananias, why did you let Satan rule your thoughts to lie to the Holy Spirit and to keep for yourself part of the money you received for the land? Before you sold the land, it belonged to you. And even after you sold it, you could have used the money any way you wanted. Why did you think of doing this? You lied to God, not to us. Vicky said, uh-oh. <laughs> right? When Ananias heard this, he fell down and died. Some young men came in, wrapped up his body, carried it out, and buried it. And everyone who heard about this was filled with fear. Listen, Ananias, it wasn't the fact that he held some money back, right? It wasn't that he said, the land was yours. You sold it. You could have done anything you wanted with the money. The fact that you're like, hey, here it is. This is all that we sold it for. It's like, okay, you're lying about it. If he, if Ananias would have been like, here's 50% of what I sold, he's being honest, Right? He's being honest and, and forthright about it. He wasn't lying to the disciples. He wasn't lying to the followers. He was lying to God. He was lying to God. And this brings up a point. I mean, we'll, we'll move forward. We know that his wife, she also gets hit with the same thing because she has an opportunity. Right, She has an opportunity to be truthful. So uh, I'll jump into that. So three hours later, his wife strolls in. She has no idea what happened. Right, She's just like, doo-doo-doo, comes in. Hey, what's up, guys? Uh, no idea. Peter says, hey, by the way, hey, how much money did you guys get for the field? Right? How much was the field that you sold? She's just like, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. That was the price. That, that's exactly what it was. What did my husband say? Oh, that? Yeah, that's what it was. That's what we sold it for. He said, why did you and your husband agree to test the spirit of the Lord? Look, the men who buried your husband are standing at the door and they're going to carry you out too. And at that moment, she fell down by his feet and died. And when the young men came in and saw that she was dead, they carried her out, buried her next to her husband, and the whole church and all the others who heard about these things were filled with fear. The the underlying message, what God spoke to me, what shit, what I was, what, what what is put on my spirit as I'm reading this, is that we have so many of us are involved, and we want to look good better than being good. Right? They wanted they wanted the same. Imagine you're selling your land and you give it to the apostles. There's a little bit of acclaim, maybe a little bit of applause. It's this gesture of selflessness. Right? If if I'm somebody who doesn't have anything and I see these people who are selling their possessions and they're giving it to the pot and I'm benefiting from that, I'm gonna be like, man, thank you. I'm gonna give them a pound, I'm gonna give them a high five, big old hug, like you know. There, there's a little bit of, they can kind of, hey, you know, I sold my land. Like there's this little bit of esteem and respect. I understand that that's not what it was about. But what you see here is that they wanted the same, they they wanted that 
uh, I don't want to call it infamy, but they wanted that applause. They wanted that acclaim without actually doing it. They wanted to hold a little bit back for themselves. They wanted to say, hey, you know, we gave everything that we got, which is a, a false sense of uh, humility, a false sense of giving, right? They were lying in order to receive the, the, the pat on the back you know, or the, the attaboy that other people were doing from a genuine place. Their heart was in the wrong place. They were more concerned with how things looked than how they were truly living and the things that they were truly doing. It reminds me to remind you guys that you can lie to people. You can put on a false mask. You can slap a smile on your face. You can say things are this way, that way, but behind closed doors, God knows. God knows. God knows. You can't hide things from God. You can't lie to God. You can fool me all you want. You can sit here and say, no, no, I'm in this relationship. We're not having sex, but God knows. No, I went out to the bar. I didn't get drunk. I was just there witnessing to my friends in the bar. You might've got drunk. You can lie to me. Who am I? But you can't lie to God. There's there, there's so many things that we do is we want to look a certain way. Oh yeah, I'm living pure. Oh yeah, I'm not doing those things. Oh yeah, I'm not looking at pornography. Oh yeah, I'm not doing this. I'm not doing that. To try to impress one another, but you can't lie to God. Listen, there are consequences for your sin, right? I, I'm not saying that you're gonna drop dead if if I go, hey. Did you get drunk last night? And you're like, no, I only had three drinks. I barely was buzzed. And I'm just like, well, you lied because the, the lie detector says that was a lie. And you're not going to just drop down and die at my feet. It's not like that. But there are consequences for our deceptiveness. And, and, and many times, many times, some of the consequence in and of itself is just the heaviness that you've got to carry with yourself. The guilt, the shame, the, the the understanding, knowing that you're an imposter, knowing that you're living a lie. Sometimes that is the punishment in and of itself. Many times that guilt that you're carrying around, it is a burden trying to live a lie and be something that you are not. I'll share with you guys. I understand how hard it is to live a lie and to be somebody that you're not. To put off this false idea, but behind the scenes, you are completely living a separate life. And many years of my life, I would do that. I would make sure that Instagram looked good. My family was healthy. If you looked at a little snapshot from outsiders looking in, you're just like, man, he's got it made. He's doing everything right. You know, the business, the house, the wife, the family, the all of these things. He's just killing it in life. But behind the scenes, I was empty. I was broken. I was numb. I was angry. I was violent. I was disrespectful. I was immoral. I was doing things that weren't good. And the burden, the heaviness, sometimes it's funny because, you know, many times when people go on like these, this is going to be super dark. Like, okay, so just bear with me. Um, I low key might have in the past watched some of those, uh, those killer documentaries, right? Like the mind of a killer. And I'm just like, why are these people so evil? But many of them have expressed there's this sense of relief when they finally get caught. Many of them get sloppy as time goes by because they want to get caught. Because the heaviness of living in the darkness, pretending to be somebody that you're not. Imagine having all of this guilt and you've 
you, you, you've, you've committed all of these wicked acts and crimes and you're walking around as an imposter trying to be somebody that you're not, but deep down inside you're wicked and evil and many of them feel the sense of relief and it's almost the same when we're living in sin, when we're living as an imposter, it's almost a relief when we finally get caught because the truth will set us free. We can finally see, okay, yes, gosh, I am a liar. I am a manipulator. I have been living a complete lie and I need help. I need to be healed, right? Because the burden and the heaviness of living as somebody who you are not is sometimes the consequence of that action. Like it is a lot. How many of you guys want to lay your burden down? Because many, many times I say, if you want to heal, you've got to be real. There's areas in your life that you might be hiding. You might be lying. And I mean, be honest with yourself. You can be honest right here because you're not even in front of me. You're on the other side of a screen. But you could say, man, I'm, I'm being, I'm fake in that area of my life. I'm a liar. I'm not being truthful, right? How, how, how many men out there who are married and are in a relationship and they're lying about looking at pornography, right? How, how many people are, are in a relationship, maybe they're lying about the money that they spend or they're being dishonest in an area of their life. And, and this can be, I'm not just trying to, to attack relationships, but there's so many different areas. Maybe you're in a friendship and your friends don't even know some of the things that you do. You guys, when you bring those things to the light, when you admit those things, when you're more concerned about your character and you start being real and you start being open and honest and vulnerable, healing takes place, right? healing takes place and and it feels it feels like it's it's you're in that place where you're like i i don't want to be i don't want anybody to know this i don't want anybody to hear these things what will they think of me how will they you know people's opinions might change of me and i don't want to i'm going to disappoint all these people but i'm telling you the, the the truth sets you free there are going to be consequences there might be fallout you might lose some people but there's no better place than to be than to be in the place where you're right with god you're being open and honest and living as you truly are. And when you reveal that light to those dark areas of your place, uh, those dark areas of your life, then they can truly be healed. And this is speaking from somebody who lived in darkness and hid things behind closed doors and tried to be somebody who I wasn't and, you know, slap on this smile and this happy face and pretend, pretend, pretend. And I couldn't wait to get home to take that mask off and to be who I truly was, even though who I truly was was broken and lost and dark and it was such a relief when those things were exposed when all of the things that I was doing were exposed because then I could truly find a place of repentance I could truly truly start the healing process and change and allow Jesus to do the work the surgery to my heart so now the man that you see before yourself is who he says that he is amen mm, come on come on we're preaching. We got all that from this little bit of story. Poor, uh, poor uh, Ananias and Sapphira. I don't want to say poor. They got, according to God, what they deserved. But this is, stands as uh, a message. Be more involved with being good than looking good. Be more concerned. That's a tweet. I want you to be more concerned with being good than merely looking good. Right? Even Jesus said to the Pharisees, he's like, you guys are so, you guys are so concerned with the outside of your cup. Right, you're so out. You're so concerned with how it looks, right? But check this out. Pastor Carter's got another prop for you today. Let me take these tea bags out. 
because I got to share with you guys. This is my coffee cup, man. This is my coffee cup. And I don't know about you. I'm not one of those guys. I don't wash it every day because it's just coffee. It goes one place to the next, right? So you're concerned. This looks like a beautiful cup, but on the inside, there's a ring of fire. That's a coffee ring. Before you guys judge me, chill. It's a clean cup, but I've drank so much coffee that it's got this ring around the inside, right? So this is the 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 Pharisees. They're so concerned with how it looks, and oh, it looks amazing. That's a great cup. And you walk around and you're pretending to be somebody who you're not, but on the inside, you're filthy. On the inside, it's dark, right? I wish I could say I did it on purpose, but I didn't. That's just that's just my coffee cup. My wife it drives her crazy. She's like, wash your cup. And I'm like, don't touch it. I feel like it gives it extra flavor, right? I rinse it out, but I really, I really enjoy when I see that cup. I'm just like, oh, that's my coffee cup. I'm really putting in miles. I'm really putting in work on that bad boy. I got a dishwasher, Vic. I, wa- I, I rinse it out. Look, man. Oh, man, you guys are out here... Hey, he who cast the first stone. Right now, right now, I feel like you guys are casting stones. And I pray I never come to your house and find a dirty cup. Because I will let you have it. I'll be like, huh, how the tables have turned. Here we are. Little Miss Clean Cup. Little Mr. Clean Cup need a dishwasher. <laughs> I'm going to go around wiping counters like, huh, there's dust. How dare you judge my coffee cup. Shame on you. Anyway, moving forward, okay? We're having fun this morning. Uh, the apostles, they heal many, okay? It says that the apostles did many signs and miracles among the people, and they would all meet together on Solomon's porch. None of the others dared to join them. So we have this picture. What, what was the total? I think we're at like 5,000 followers um, at, at this point, and the, the number is being added to daily. But the ones who were performing miracles, the apostles did the signs and the miracles among the people, and they would all meet together on the porch. None of the others dared to join them, but all the people respected them. I, I, I get the feeling that you know they had the ability, but they didn't have the boldness, right? They didn't have they didn't have the confidence. Or, or even the authority. It doesn't say that they weren't able to. It said that they didn't dare to join them because I think they were still living in this aspect of fear uh, because it was very, uh, still very much in opposition. Remember, they had already been, John and Peter had already been taken into custody and told, hey, don't you say that name. Don't you preach that name. The Sadducees, again, they weren't, they weren't in agreement with the Pharisees. They didn't believe in resurrection. They didn't believe in that. And what the disciples were preaching was the resurrection of Jesus Christ. And so more so than the Pharisees, the Sadducees were up in arms. They were just like, not only are they talking about Jesus, which, you know, he's dead, what they believe, but more so is they're preaching this message of resurrection that he died and was resurrected. And so they're getting fired up. And so they've already been talked to. They've been pulled aside and like, hey, you guys need to knock that off. So people, I believe, are, are there, there's still this element of fear or, or this element of being scared. So they don't dare join them in this public place on Solomon's porch and preach and, and, and do these signs, wonders, and miracles. But in this time, more and more men and women believed in the Lord and were added to the group of believers. Uh, the people were placing the sick on the bed and, 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 you know, they were laying them in the street and it was such, it was to a point where they were hoping that when Peter passed by, at least his shadow might fall on him. Right. We have to, we have to remember who Peter was. We talk about this now. Peter's got, he's got so much infamy and fame. Peter's like a legend where, oh, if, if, 
if Peter, I mean, correct me if I'm wrong. We just read the gospel. Was there an event where Jesus's shadow passed by and people were being healed from just his shadow? I'm not saying that it wasn't possible, but I don't remember hearing any stories. I hear stories of the hem of his garment. People were just trying to touch him. But Peter's at this point where he's doing, he's out here working so hard and doing so much for the Lord that people are just like, just the shadow, right? They're, they're like following him, trying to get, you know, I'm trying to get in the shadow. I want to be in his shadow. That's wild, right? That is wild. And so the crowds came from all the towns around Jerusalem, bringing their sick and those who were bothered by evil spirits, and all of them were healed. All of them were healed. I, I underlined all of them because it wasn't some of them. It wasn't a few of them. This gives us the idea that the Holy Spirit was working, that these people had a lot of faith, right? These people were uh, hungry for change, right? We were hungry. We were, we were uh, you know, uh, the woman on the street, I think, I think, are we talking the woman on the street? Was she healed by a shadow or was she healed by the hem of his garment? Interesting. That's something. Yeah. We just read the gospels and I don't remember. Um, I, and again, like I've correct me if I'm wrong, but, um, I believe that it was the hem of his garment. She just reached out and touched his garment. But, uh, were there any instances that Jesus healed by his shadow. I don't I don't believe so. It was the hem of the garment. Yeah. So so and it doesn't even say that people were healed by his shadow. It said that they were hoping that passed by at least his shadow might fall on him on them, right? It's kind of funny. I just I just think that it's it's uh, uh it, the the legend, the legend of what he was doing, right? Now it's, it's just the the shadow. Just kind of funny. Uh so the leaders try to stop the apostles. Right. Remember, you guys are reading Acts chapter five. I am creeping through it uh, nice and easy. So but I still want you guys to read. So the high priest and all his friends, a group called the Sadducees, they became very jealous and they took the apostles and put them in jail. But this is beautiful. But but uh, but during the night, an angel of the Lord opened the doors of the jail and led the apostles outside. OK, you guys, you guys know that I've been to prison. I hope that that would have happened to me. That didn't. I had to do all of my time. See, I was in there for a, a bad decision, my own choices. But I always read that. And it's like, man, the angel of the Lord, he, he did a jailbreak. Like he busted the doors open. Like, Lord, where were you when I was in there? Like, jailbreak me. Are you kidding me? I hear that. And there's like a hint of jealousy. I had to be there because I deserved to be there. But man, the angel of the Lord, he's out here breaking people out like prison break opens the doors. Boom. And this ain't the only time that, he, that, that this happens, right? We're going to get to another one. I was like, man, here we go. The jail opens up. The apostles, they go outside. The angel said, go stand. This is what the angel says. Go stand in the temple and tell the people everything about this new life. Boy, we, I'm, you're out of jail. I just, you got to get out of jail free card. You better go tell somebody. So the apostles heard this, they obeyed and they went into the temple early in the morning and continued teaching, right? They had just been arrested. They've already been told and warned. And here they are, man, the boldness that they have. They show up and they do their thing. And he says, when the high priest and his friends arrive, they call the meeting and everybody shows up. And then they go, hey, go get the, go get the guys from the jail. We're going to talk to them. But upon arriving, the officers show up and they couldn't find them. So they went back and they told them, they said, uh, the jail was closed. It was locked. The guards were standing at the doors. But when we opened the doors, the jail was empty. 
Hearing this, the captain of the temple guards and the leading priests were confused. They didn't know what was happening. Like somebody was about to lose their job. Are you kidding me? You got one job. Guard the prison. Don't let people out. Right? Somebody's about to lose their job. But nope. Here they are. Someone came and told them. They said, listen, the men you put in jail are standing in the temple teaching the people. And then the captain and his men, they went out, brought the apostles back. Hey, but it says this, and this is powerful. It says the soldiers didn't use force because they were afraid the people would stone them to death. Like they, they go, they, these guys they just arrested were in jail the night before. Now they're out. Nobody knows how. We know that the angels let them out. They're preaching. And so here's the guards. They probably show up and they go, uh, excuse me, sirs. Um, the Sanhedrin requests your, your guys' arrival. Is there any way? I hate to interrupt you, but um, you know we're going to need you to come with us. They don't use force. They don't grab a hold of them. Remember how they showed up with Jesus. Right? They showed up with torches and, and spears and there were soldiers and there's all these people who show up to grab a hold of Jesus. They take him by they try to take him by force, but here they are with the disciples in the temple. They just got jail broke by uh, they got broke out of jail by an angel. And so here they come. They don't even use force. They're scared that the people might stone them because they're messing with God's anointed and appointed. Amen. It's a beautiful, beautiful thing. So the soldiers brought the apostles to the meeting. And uh, I, I love this, okay? I don't know what your guys' translation says, but this translation says, we gave you strict orders not to continue teaching in that name. Hey, they didn't even say his name. Think about how upset they were. They were so mad. They were like, hey, we told you guys to stop teaching in that name. Well, what name is that, sir? Sir, what, sir, excuse me, what name did you say for us to not be speaking in, in that name? My guy has a name, but he says, but look, you have filled Jerusalem with your teaching and are trying to make us responsible for this man's death. He says, Peter and the other apostles answered, we must obey God, not human authority. Let me say that a little bit louder for the people in the back. Somebody said they're big mad. They're so mad they won't even say his name. But we must obey God, not human authority. We must obey God, not human authority. This is something that's really big in the church right now. Uh, and really big, I mean, in, in around the world, right? There's a lot of dissension and division going around of, uh, about the topic of a certain type of medication that is being forced and mandated on a lot of people. And some are saying that they've heard clear instruction from God to not receive that. Not because it's the mark. Uh, and I don't even want to get into that because we have so many conspiracy theorists and everybody's like, it is, that's what it is. And I'm, uh, they start freaking out, right? I'm not here to try to fear monger, but I'm trying to, to bring something to light. This is a, a scripture that many people and advocates against it are standing on. It's like, we are here to obey God, not authority. Uh, we have to remember that our authority, our governing bodies, they don't always have our best interest at hand, right? There are, especially as followers of Christ, um, there is an attack against followers of Jesus around the world. Um, social media sites are being banned. There are uh, a lot of things in the news. There are celebrities and entertainers that are in direct opposition. There is so much hatred uh, and, and, and violence that is shifted and, and is against us. The authority, the ruling and governing bodies are now taking God out of the, the system. They're also trying to remove his presence. They are persecuting. And in other places around the world, they're 
right? If, if the Bible wasn't true, why are they banning it in so many places, right? If it didn't have the power of God, why are they restricting it in so many places? Why is it that it's okay for you to go to a strip club, but you can't gather in a church, right? There's all of these rules and these people in high places and these authorities that are creating uh, obstacles. And, and I believe, and we all know that we're heading in that direction at some point in the future. I don't know when or where, so please don't ask me. I'm not, I don't operate in that office, but I do understand that there is go, the, the, the way that things are going there, it's going to be illegal to be a follower of Christ at some point. There's going to be a point where people are going to say, we don't want you talking about that name, right? They, we don't want you talking about that name. <sighs> like that's the direction that it's going. You guys understand that? You guys understand the implications of what is happening around us with the rules, with the laws, with the mandates, with all of these things. It might not be here right now, but that's the direction that it's heading in. Um, and so this is a reminder that, uh, you know, it says that we need to respect our authorities. But when our authorities are forcing us to do something that's in opposition of God, we must obey our God, not the authorities, right? Not human authority. We, we need to follow the rules. We need to follow the law. But when the law contradicts our God, we must stand strong. We must stand firm. Amen. Amen. Yeah, it's happening. It's, it's literally happening in different places of the world. It's a lot more challenging. I know Canada and Australia have some of the hardest stances. Right? I can't sit here and this isn't a place where we need to start comparing. It's harder here than it is there. Like, like, let's not get into that. We're not out here measuring antlers. It's not, that's not what it's about. But I do understand and have the awareness of what's going on. Many people ask, Andrew, why don't you talk about that more? Um, I want you guys to be very clear that I'm very aware of what is going on. But what happens is when you start utilizing your platform for those stances, you start getting banned and shut down. Right now, I'm adding value. My mission is to save souls, not to monger fear. So uh, the, the goal is, is I need to be open and accessible so that we can save souls. Remember, over 10 people got saved. We got two people saved last night on a TikTok live. I'm using this platform in order to preach the gospel, not to spread fear or not. You guys don't need to know what my opinion is. Just know that my opinion and my stance is based on the Bible. That, I mean, that, that, should, that should answer all of your questions in every controversial topic that you can think of. Just know this, Andrew follows the scripture. Andrew follows the Bible. I don't twist it. I don't manipulate it. I don't, you know, try to weasel around to make it fit my agenda. Just know that whatever your question is about whatever controversial topic, just know that it's based on the word of God. Amen. Because I want to keep this channel open so that we can continue saving souls so that when this thing takes a hard left and we're all burnt and things are going south, that we are saving, that people do understand and know the gospel. There's a lot of other pages that devote their time, energy, and effort to addressing those subjects and glory to God for them because they keep us up to date. But what they're doing is they do risk a lot of shutdown. Their pages are being shut down completely and then they're not able to be effective because they've crossed the lines and violated the guidelines over and over and over and over again. Therefore, they're no longer doing anything, right? They made, they made such a stand to where they're completely erased and they're not able to make a push. Make sense? So uh, that's kind of where, when, when people ask, why don't you address those things more often? Because I do understand that is not my call. And I do understand my function and my office and what this platform is for. And this platform is for creating disciples. And I can't do that if I'm not here.
Amen. And then Vic, hey, you slide dog. I, YouTube's different. You can say a lot of different things on YouTube. So if you guys have questions about where I stand on those things, I do have a lot more videos about those on YouTube because YouTube's a little bit more, um, it's free flowing. There's less censorship. There's less. No, it's not that there's none. There's less censorship on YouTube. So a lot of those controversial topics I save and they're over there on YouTube if you guys want to know a little bit more. Some of y'all don't even know I got a YouTube channel or a TikTok or a Twitter or any of those. I would encourage you guys to follow me on all platforms because there's literally different, con there's a lot of overflow, but there is different things that are designed just for those specific platforms. So that was a shameless, shameless plug. And I'm, I can't believe that I would encourage you guys to follow me on other platforms like YouTube. But for real, go subscribe to YouTube because there's stuff on there you'll never see on Instagram. And Pinterest, thank you. And Pinterest. All right, moving forward. We must obey God and not human authority. He says this. All right, remember, they said, we gave you strict orders not to continue teaching in that name. And he says, but we must obey God, not human authority. You killed Jesus by hanging him on a cross. The boldness. They won't even say his name. Yeah, here he is. And they says, but you want us to be responsible for this man's death. And he says, time out, fam. We must obey God, not human authority. You killed Jesus, the name at which you will not mention. Like he's Voldemort. What is this, Harry Potter? Like they won't even mention his name. Uh, shout out to my Harry Potter heads out there. And before you guys come at me and be like, oh, it's wizardry and it's demonic. I watched all of them before I came to Christ. Unfortunately, I that, that stuff's right here and right here. I know all of about Harry Potter. So don't come for me. I'm not promoting witchcraft and demonic activity. Unfortunately, I just know the name that we shall not mention. Like, come on, man. That's that religious spirit. If you're already, if you're all up in arms and you're feeling weird because I referenced Harry Potter, chill. Okay. Chill. So many people. It's a spirit of, uh, it's a pharisaical spirit. I can't forget that stuff. It was an amazing series. And then I got saved. And I can't really watch that stuff like I used to because it irks my spirit. Amen. It's wizardry. <laughs> hey, somebody said it's fiction, but you know what? You know what? Uh, <laughs> some people, it's a religion. I've known some Harry Potter heads. They take it serious, man. They got wands and everything. They're out here really trying to cast spells. It, it goes beyond the fiction in the movie. I've witnessed it. I've seen it. So I, I get it. But um, yes. Somebody said, is this called coffee and prayer? I apologize if I'm not drinking enough coffee and we're not praying. Yeah, this is a flow. I've been doing this for 98 days in a row. I've got to keep a little bit of, I've got to keep a little bit of humor for me to keep showing up and showing out and sharing the word of God. If you don't like how we flow, we're a family and we laugh and we share together and we read the Bible. We make this something that we like to show up to. So if you don't like... If you don't like that I'm being silly on coffee and prayer and having a good time with the word of God, kindly find another person who will show up every single day and share the word with you. Amen? 98 days. Thank you, G. Two more and we hit 100. It's kind of a big deal. I'm excited. So listen, he fires off and starts saying, but God, the God of our ancestors, raised Jesus up from the dead. He is the one whom God raised to be on his right side as leader and savior. Through him, all Jewish people could change their hearts and lives and have their sins forgiven. So 
they got fired up, man. The Jewish leaders heard this. They became angry because not only they said the name, they also told them, you guys sent him to the cross, right? And he's saying, now through this name, sins can be forgiven. This is what's happening. They wanted to kill him right there on the spot. Right? They were like, wait a second. We heard, they heard it, they became angry. But one Pharisee, because the Pharisees were a little bit more lackadaisical in this situation because the Sadducees, they didn't believe in resurrection. So they were pressing a lot harder, right? So there's one Pharisee, what is his name? Gamaliel. Gamaliel, he stood up in the meeting and he said, look, remember Thutis, remember Judas, not the Judas who betrayed Jesus, but these are two other revolutionary individuals who rose to fame and created a, a set of followers. He was like, remember those guys, right? Once they were killed, all of their followers scattered, right? All of them scattered. And he says this, he says, so stay away from these men, right? If their plan comes from human authority, it's going to fail. If these guys aren't from God, it's going to fail. And all of these people are going to scatter. It's not going to be a big deal, but this is powerful. He says, but if it's from God, you won't be able to stop them, right? He said, hold on guys. Just think about this. If these are just guys, remember Thutis, remember Judas, these guys who rose up, they came from their own authority, they died, everybody scattered. So if these men, John and Peter, if they're from, if they're, if they're operating out of human authority, they're going to fail. And once they do, everybody's going to scatter. But he said, look, what's the other option? If they're not from humans, if, if it's not human authority, what is it? It's God's authority. And if it's God's authority, you ain't going to be able to stop them. You're not going to be able to stop them. In fact, you might even be fighting against God himself. Woo. Okay. So, so God even used a Pharisee in this situation to say, hold on a second. Let's, let's be logical here. We don't just kill these dudes. Okay. Because if it's from God, we're fighting against God himself and that's going to backfire on us. Look what happened with Jesus, right? We just killed this dude. Now they've got 5,000 strong and growing. So the Jewish leaders agreed with what Gamaliel said. They called the apostles in and beat them and told them not to speak in the name of Jesus again right? They beat him for good measure. They said, look, we're not going to kill you, but we already told you, we warned you. We don't know how you got out of jail. Okay. We're just going to ignore that fact. We're not even going to address that. Um, but you were preaching in the name that we shall not mention, get out of here. Stop. Here's a good old butt whooping. And he said, they let him go free, but listen to this. Okay. This is powerful. Don't miss this part. Please don't miss this part. <laughs> he says, Ooh, the apostles left the meeting full of joy because they were given the honor of suffering disgrace for Jesus. <laughs> don't miss it. Don't miss it. They were full of joy. I don't know about you. Have you ever gotten a spanking? I grew up in the eighties and the nineties and I have received my fair share of spankings, right? Discipline. I've been disciplined multiple times, even though it didn't work. I was still a menace to society, but I cannot remember one time that I got a whooping whether it was a chancla, whether it was a sandal, if you guys don't know what a chancla is, that's a sandal, whether it was a, a, a stick out of the window that keeps the window shut, whether it was a branch, a wooden spoon, a paddle, a belt, a hand, I have never caught one of those to my behind and left filled with joy. I have never walked away. I'm just like, yes, I'm so excited that I just got whooped, right? Here we see they were full of joy after receiving a beating because they were given the honor. This should be our heart posture as followers of Jesus. I say this every day. You guys, I say this every day. We must, we have to understand that we are privileged. We are 
honored to carry around the truth of Jesus Christ. Please do not take that lightly. I, I shared with you guys the other day, there are 3 billion individuals around this world who have never heard the gospel of Jesus Christ. The fact that you have the gospel, you have access, the fact that you carry around the truth, right? How, how would you feel if you had, if you alone, if you had the cure to cancer? How would you feel, right? You, I mean, you would want to tell everybody because you have something that could revolutionize, change, and transform the world. People would no longer have to suffer through this ailment. Nobody would have to suffer through the treatment and the process that we all know is terrible, dehumanizing, that is hard, that is painful. We would share that cure. We would let everybody know. We would feel honored and privileged to have the cure. You guys, we have something that is far greater than the cure for cancer. We have the cure to sin, the death, burial in a tomb, and resurrection of Jesus Christ. That is the that is the cure to sin. We have the honor and the privilege to carry that around with us. I want to tell everybody. I want to tell everybody. Somebody asked, "What's a chancla? It's a sandal. It's a it's a <laughs> it's a chancla. It's a sandal." Um, so I want to tell everybody. They considered it an honor for suffering disgrace for Jesus. How many of you guys uh, use social media to share Christian content? Right? Maybe some of you do. Maybe some of you don't. Maybe some of you are afraid or ashamed or scared. You might lose followers, the opinions of other people. It can be challenging. But here we see that they received honor and, and they were excited. They were filled with joy because they were, dis they were suffering disgrace. Because when people are on here and they're disgracing the name of our Lord, when they're here to distract, when people are on your, your post and they're commenting that God's not real, that you still believe in fairy tales, that, uh, you know, blah, 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 fill in the blank. Although it's not the kind of disgrace that they were suffering, but understand we should realize and consider it an honor that we are standing on truth and we are being disgraced, right? People are coming against us because of the truth that we stand for because of the truth that we stand for right so it, it, we need to start understanding that as people reject us as people separate themselves from us as people say oh you're, you're you're so christian can you just diet down a little bit can you tone it down as we're receiving opposition for our stance we should consider it joy right that, that's not i mean i don't know about you i'm not suffering because somebody says something mean to me on the on the comments it usually doesn't get to me it's really not that big of a deal but it is a form of hey you're on the right page you're on the right track people are coming against you because you're standing on truth they finally met opposition and they were physically beaten and they they, they were like hey we've suffered for christ that is an honor that is pure joy it says everyone or every day in the temple and in people's homes, they continue teaching the people and telling the good news that Jesus is the Christ. They were pulled aside. They were arrested. They were broke out of jail. They followed the order of the angel. They went to the temple. They started preaching. They brought him back in front of the council. Where, how did you guys get out? Okay. They're, they're, they're just like, hey. Jesus. It's all about Jesus. We're here for Jesus. We're going to obey Jesus. We're not going to obey you guys. They give them a beating. They say, get out of here. Stop talking about Jesus. They considered it joy. And then what did they do? They continued. They continued teaching the people and telling the good news that Jesus is the Christ. That wasn't going to stop them. 
because they, they're here. They know their purpose. That wasn't going to stop them. They know why they're here. That wasn't going to stop them. How many of us get discouraged or we get our feelers hurt or we stop doing what God has called us to do because we receive the tiniest bit of criticism or the tiniest bit of opposition? As Christians, right, this is going to sound extremely insensitive, but we need to toughen up. We have become so soft. I, I constantly see these posts about how the NBA has become soft. I don't know if you follow basketball. If not, whatever. Referees are teeing people up for just dropping their arms. Uh, you know, everybody wants a foul. The NBA, when I grew up, was so rough and tough. People were fighting and boxing, and they wouldn't even get a game suspension. Like, they, hey, go take a seat. Like, you know, they would they would give them a, a ejection, and then they were on the court the next night. It wasn't that serious. Like, it was it was a physical game, and nowadays I'm watching this sport and I'm watching highlights and it's so soft and it reminds me of the Christians back in the day. They were receiving beatings. They were getting killed and exiled and hurt and they were hung and they were uh, crucified and they were stoned to death. We're about to see somebody stoned to death in the next couple of chapters here in Acts for their belief. But we are so soft and sensitive. Somebody unfollowed me. Ugh, I'm losing followers. I'm not going to stop. I'm going to stop posting about Jesus. Because I, somebody said that I, somebody said they made fun of me and said that I believe in my sky daddy or that he's not even real. And we get so offended because we are so soft. I'm nervous for many followers of Jesus that when this thing really heads south and we start to experience real persecution, I think there's going to be a lot of Peters out there. And not Peters that we see in Acts, but Peters who we see denying Jesus over and over and over right? When our physical lives are on the line, I feel like so many of us are going to tuck tail because we're not about that action. All we do is we talk, oh yeah, 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 but there's no action or substance behind our words. We have got to do better. We have got to toughen up. We have to understand the boldness, the authority, and the confidence that we have in Christ. We need to start spiritually maturing. There's a, there, there, we need to start understanding what this is all about, you guys, it's so much more than what we see, but we're so quick to get our feelers hurt. And we're walking around with so much defeat and our heads hung low. We can't even overcome temptations in our lives that Jesus told us that all temptations, with all temptation, there will be a way out and around. But so many of us are still bound by these elementary Right? Again, I said it's going to sound insensitive, but there's these elementary things and teachings and lessons that keep being repeated in our life because we just can't grab a hold of it. We can't grasp it. And many times that becomes because of our lack of discipline and devotion to the scripture. It comes from our lack of focus, our lack of maturity. We're, we're, we're not diving in and consuming the word. We're not allowing it to go inside of us and to transform us. We're, we're, we're oh my goodness, Holy Spirit. We can do better. We must do better. We have to start preparing ourselves for what is coming. Wake up, church. Wake up. We got to get hungry. Dan Tanner, you feel that you get attacked when you post religion? That's the point. Scott says we got to get off the spiritual milk. Amen. And we all are sensitive. I was sensitive. I used to throw a stone at every dog that barked. I would stop. I would scroll my comments looking for opposition so that I could get my feelings hurt. And the second that I found it, I would allow it to change my day. 
And I was just like, oh my gosh, they, they don't like me. There's a person on this earth who doesn't agree with me and they don't like the way that I preach. They don't like that I blink a lot. They don't like that I'm trying to joke and I use my hands. There's somebody who always has a problem. They don't like that I have earrings. They don't like that my hat's backwards, that I'm covered in tattoos. They don't like me. And I would stay up at night holding my pillow like, what can I do to make people like me? I'm just out here trying to preach the gospel and change the world. It doesn't matter. Not everybody's going to like me. And that's okay. You know how I sleep now? Like a baby with a pillow between my legs and my hands underneath my little cheek. And I don't wake up until 4 o'clock. You know what I mean? Like, I, I don't have time. I don't have space. I'm so focused on the mission at hand, which is making the gospel known, which is making Jesus known, that I don't have time to deal or to go through. I was searching comments like I was going to get a word from God. There was no word from God in there. That's all distraction. I was really searching like I was going to get a message from God. I'm scrolling comments like, ooh, there's got to be a prophet in here. Someone's going to speak life. Oh, no, they don't like me. They don't like me and my wife. They they think that we're this or we're that or we're not real or they don't. Uh, 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 and I'd start uh, boohooing about it. We got to toughen up, fam. We really do. We really, really do. Glory to God. Uh, listen, real quick, because this is, this is, I wanted to talk a lot about Acts today. Um, but Psalm 87, we do got to move forward. Like here we are. I don't know how time is going so fast. It's fast because we're having fun and we love Jesus and we're together. I, I don't even know. Amen. Psalm 87. Can somebody put that in the chat? So when people come through, just make sure that you're keeping them. Someone, you know, someone's going to come through and like, we read 86 yesterday. What are we on today? Like, oh, we're, guys, I love you, but we're on 87 and I'm going to go as far as to make a guess. I'm going to prophesy that tomorrow we're going to be on 88, right? I've got the gift of prophecy. I can tell you, Ooh, Lord spoke to me. We're going to read Acts chapter six tomorrow. <sighs> come on, fam. <laughs> And it won't even be their first time. If it's your first time, I get it, right? If, if, you have, if you've just now joined in, you'll understand that we read one chapter each day in chronological order, right? You feel me? Right. So 87, I got nothing. I got nothing. Read it. You read it and you tell me what you guys get. It's seven verses. I understand the context. The context is uh, uh, that they're talking about Jerusalem. They're talking about Zion. Um, his foundation is on the holy mountains. The Lord loveth the gates of Zion more than all the dwellings of Jacob. Glorious things are spoken of thee, O city of God. I will make mention of Rahab and Babylon to them. It's, it's a song. And so, I, like I said, not every time that I read something is there just this overwhelming sense of like, oh, there's a message. I can make a sermon from this scripture. I really can't. Like I, I read it a couple times. I tried to highlight it. Like these are other chapters, right? Highlights, 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 highlights. This is 87. I highlighted the title. I highlighted the title. And I was like, I pray that it speaks to you. Hope that it speaks to you. I, I pray that it does. All scripture is meant for correction, for encouragement, for, for leadership. Uh, and I believe that somebody might read it and go, oh, that's exactly what I needed to hear. But for me, it wasn't there. I got nothing. I've got nothing. But that doesn't mean we don't read it anyway. So um, I'm just being real with you guys. Read that today. So right now, I want to pray. Um, I want to pray. I want to share with you guys something. The last couple of days, uh, I've been I've been working with a, the, the videographer guy from my church. His name's Jalen. He's my good friend, man filled with the Holy Spirit, mature in Christ. Okay. 
we went and we did some stuff uh, down in Culver City, and then last week we did some stuff at the beach. But one of the ways that we end our session, first we start with prayer, powerful prayer. But we ended in my Jeep 45 minutes of prayer, right? We just parked outside of my house and we sat in here and we prayed and we prayed for 45 minutes. And I was just like, when we were done, I opened my eyes and I'm just like, wow, so heavy. Before you guys get nervous, we're not gonna pray for 45 minutes, so chill. but the having a brother in Christ who we who would sit here in the tank of prayer, we sat here and prayed. And so yesterday, uh, I worked out with my brother Gonzo, found sheep. He's on here too today. He's on here. So we go and work out. And when we're done, we sit in the Jeep and we pray for 15, you know, 10, 15, 20 minutes. And it's just this powerful prayer when you are praying with other people, right? Mature Christians. These, these are men who stand on their own, right? They are spiritually mature. They have their own time of devotion. They have their own uh, ministries that they speak into. They have their own things that they're doing. And they're not here to pull from me, but rather to add value. They're here sharpening me. It says as iron sharpens iron, so one man sharpens the other. And so I've surrounded myself with men who stand on their own, who who are able to sharpen me and to add value. And the, the peace, when I go home, I go into the house and my wife's just like, wow, you're glowing. Right? You're filled with this light. And it's like, man, that's the light of Christ. That is the, that is the power of having brothers in your life who will lift you up, right? Who will encourage you. I pour out so much, so much, so much. There's always this constant need. But when you have people who are around you who don't always need, who are actually there to feed in and to add value, it's just like, whoo, thank you, Jesus. So right now, I want to add value to you guys. I want to pour into you. I want us to pray collectively right? Pray collectively. Jaw warrior. We need brothers like that. Join my men's group, my men's group next Tuesday. We're going to, we're going to be linking brothers together, brothers in arms, exchanging phone numbers and creating these smaller groups. We'll meet together collectively, but I'm going to have you guys have accountability partners because I believe God is raising up solid men in this hour. There are men this hour who are rising to the call. They are growing spiritually and mature, like in maturity and devoting their time and energy and effort to becoming who God has called them to be. They're not distracted by the things of this world. They're not distracted by their own desires and wants. They are focused on the kingdom. And those are the kind of men that I want running with me, not distracted, focused. Amen. Uh, uh, before we start, you guys, $198. This is the absolute, this is the most. Today we have set a record for badges. That's almost $200. Like what? Glory to God. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. And thank you guys who have, uh, who have donated. That is crazy. We have never broke, we've never gotten that high ever. So let's go. Heavenly Father, we just want to thank you for my brothers and sisters on the other side of this screen each and every one of them. Holy Spirit, we ask that you would embrace them, that you would comfort them, that you would fill them with your love and with your joy, that you would fill them with your light. God, we need you. Lord, we understand that we need you. We can't do this thing that we call life without you because we understand this life without you is empty. This life without you is not life at all. God, help us to be more like your son, Jesus. Help us to stay focused on the task at hand. God, we want less of us and we want more of you. Help us to put life into perspective. Help us to remember what we're here for. Awaken our spirit, oh Lord. 
Awaken our spirit. Fill us with your fire and your zest, your zeal for your word and for your presence. Help us to remember why we're here. We are not here for money and, and relationships and, and things and experiences. God, we are here to make you more known through our experiences, through our uh, troubles and, and all of our, our testimonies, through the things that we've experienced here on this earth. We understand that you and only you have carried us through. So help us to use those things to bring glory and honor to your name. God, I want to lift up my brother and sisters, all of their prayer requests, all of the things that they've gone through, all of the things that they've dealt with. God, I, I just pray that you would breathe life into their situation. God, breathe life into their situation today. Uh, we ask that you would answer their prayers according to your will. And that's just it. God, we want your will. We don't want our way. God, if it's our way, we don't want it. We ask that you would crash it down, that you would stand on top of it, that you would remove it from our heart and from our mind. Help us to discern and know what is your will. There's so many of us out there confused. Lord, what is your will? Help my brothers and sisters to see that your will is revealed inside of your scripture, that they would search the word of God for their answers, for their direction, and for their guidance. God, help us to understand what we have in our hands, the resources that we have through prayer and through devotion to, to constantly seeking you, to sitting in silence, to listening to worship and praise music. God, help us to remove all of the distractions and the things from our lives that, that keep pulling us away from communion with you. God, we want relationship, Lord. We don't want religion. We don't want a set of lists, a list of things to do and not do. We want to have relationship with you. And we know that through what Jesus did, we have that, that it's ours as a gift freely. So help us to receive that. Help us to utilize that and help us to love you and to love people with everything that we have, because we want to bring glory and honor to your name. And we pray all of this every, we pray all of this in the name of Jesus Christ. Amen and amen. Glory to God. Woo! Holy Spirit, thank you, Jesus. I am pumped up this morning. So thankful and grateful for all of you guys. I even prayed in King James. I don't know if you guys heard. I said something about, oh, Lord. I said, oh, Lord, let your spirit fall down upon us, oh, Lord. I prayed. In, when, if you pray in King James, you know the Holy Spirit is here. Amen? Like, Holy Spirit spoke in King James today. Come on, somebody. Um, I just, I, I thank you guys. I love you and I honor you um, and appreciate the time that we get to spend to every to spend together every single day. Every single day we get to spend time together. Whether you watch this live or on the replay, I'm here. And uh, I just pray that you guys continue to show up and show out. We're almost at 100 days in a row. That was one of our big goals um, after we reached that because I know, uh, what is it, 98? So we're going to hit 100 days on Sunday. Like, sweet, awesome. Guess what? We're going to go for 150. Like, that's our next, uh, that's our very next goal. So imagine what you can do and what God can do in your life if you commit to showing up for the next 50 days, right? We'll hit 100. That's happening. Duh. Right. <laughs> Who says duh? I did. Duh. Weird. 
Anyway, I said it. But imagine what God can do in your life. 50 days of showing up, showing out, and 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 just devoting time, energy, and effort to knowing God, to being with God's people, to prayer, right? Starting your days, or whether you can't watch it live, ending your days in the presence of the Lord. It's going to change your life. It's going to change your life. Amen? Amen. I want to, uh, so we broke 200, FYI. Um $270. Please don't give another cent. Stop. Save it for tomorrow. Save it for tomorrow. Okay, please stop giving. No more badges. We're good. Thank you. That's awesome. If you don't give another badge for the rest of the month, awesome. Or if you ever never, just don't. That's okay. I love it. But somebody said, where where is the next Tuesday men's group? The men's group is found in the Sanctuary app. So I have a men's room. So we have an app called The Sanctuary. It is a safe place. It is a refuge. It is a Christian app that the goal is is that when all of this hits the fan, when uh, when Instagram shuts down Christian posts, when they start censoring and they won't allow us to talk about Jesus and to preach on these main platforms, we have created the sanctuary. Right now, there's already groups and programs, small groups and different courses and things like that that we offer through there. Um, but my men's group is there. I have a room called the men's room. It's a room exclusively for dudes. We post content, we encourage, we motivate, we inspire, we love on each other. That's only for us. And then every Tuesday, uh, you'll get an emailed Zoom link through that because you got to sign up through the sanctuary. You'll get a link and then we'll jump jump on Zoom and we're, we're going to talk and we're going to chill. Uh, so me, my Yoshi, if he's in the waiting room, the men's room is open. So get out of the waiting room. And, 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 and go, there's a, there's a, there's a thing that you have to fill out in the waiting room. Once you go in the waiting room, you sign that up and you get shot into the men's room. Amen. Amen. This is what I'll, I'll do. Uh, so there's, there's dudette groups on the sanctuary global. There's a lot of, it's primarily women because it's like 80% of the, the app is for women. So all the women are like, we need these groups. This, this app, the reason why it's a men's group is because there were no dudes. All the ladies like, I need a Christian man. But there were no Christian men. All, all of them were at the bar. All of them are watching porn. All of them are doing their own thing. So I was like, bro, we need to raise up some men. And so that's why I'm in a, a primarily female app trying to bring the men there because we we need to rebalance the way that things were supposed to be. We need men to rise up and to, to sit back in the place that we were designed to be. So all y'all looking for women's groups, it's a women's app. It's filled with women's groups. It's filled with stuff. We're doing stuff every single day for women. One week. It's funny because some women are like, can I be a part of the group? It's like, ladies, can we please just have one group? Can we just have one thing? Like, really? Y'all are trying to bust into my men's group? Can we just have one safe place where we can get together and be real and raw and honest? Even women trying to, I mean, trying to take the men's group over? Come on, fam. Uh, 14-year-old boys? Absolutely. So... Oh man, I got so much stuff I want to tell you guys. We're doing a men's retreat or we're doing a men's group on the 6th. You guys watch my stories. I'm just going to be posting about it. We're doing this all men's conference or, or this, this speech night on Sunday in Malibu at the beach. We're opening a young men's room. So the goal is to raise these men up so that we can start speaking into the young men so that we can start uh, uh, mentoring them in the word of God. So I'm trying to whittle out all of the predatory individuals and people who I don't know and, and don't really, who are there for the wrong reasons. We're going to weed them out and we're going to disciple and raise up men so that we can start discipling the young men. But young men can be there now. That's okay. We can have the young men there. I'm watching people like a hawk. 
I'm watching people. I'm eagle-eyeing and making sure that there's no weirdos in there. Um, can I say weirdos as a pastor? Yeah, I can say that. There's weirdos out there. So I'm, I'm, I'm making sure there's no weirdos out there. And then uh, once I feel solid, I have a solid group of brothers around me, we are going to step in and start mentoring and creating programs and groups for the young men. Amen. The app's name is called The Sanctuary. The Sanctuary. I'll post it to the... Uh, I'm going to post it one time today. Um, and you guys can go join. Amen. All right, I got to go. I got to go run three miles. I love you guys. I honor you. And uh, check out my stories today. I promise I'll post The Sanctuary app. Come back to it. It'll be there. All right? Love you guys. I'll see you all tomorrow morning.